Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action Forward News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action 4 News, your news team for keeping things fresh in the multiverse. I'm Mr. Comet number 5, providing you new ways to lose your friends. Then we have Big Tuck, your breaking news source. Yes, and as Mr. Combo said when he heard that the old high school band was getting back together, play it, Big Tuck, play tonight. Casablanca. Squeeby Gee getting caught up on Metatraffic with Weatherlight Report. <laughs> Well, as we know, Squee McGee was living on the interwebs with Anonymous. Oh, yes. Looks like he did not pay his AOL dial-up bill. He's become like Electro, where he's merged with the internet, and now he's just a being of, of zeros and ones. But hopefully not the trashy Electro that was Jamie Foxx. Facts. Ooh, that was so bad. And then we have the head of CMD Tower himself, Mr. T. Redacted bit. I was going to start at the top of the cast and latest carnage that ensued with 45. So, obviously, what I'm going to talk about is yeah. the pain I went through last night, which you guys hearing this will now be eight days ago. I was on Mr. Bever's Twitch stream. Uh, it was Joel. It was actually supposed to be Andy Holbone, uh, but some parenting stuff came up. Couldn't yeah. make it. No big deal. Uh, Commander Mechanic Chris, of course, the one and only Bevers and myself. Uh, in order, we had a Reese, a Felissa Fane of Silverquill. And is it F Fane? Fan? Shit, that's the backup. Fang. Fang. Melissa Fang uh, of Solarquill, the backup commander. Of to the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Volo, Guide to Monsters. And then, of course, I, as we promised, played the Averna Chaos Bloom deck uh, since that was our August giveaway. So, uh, Big Tuck had warned me about this new mechanic. As you, if you guys are not familiar, <laughs> twitch.tv slash Mr. Bevers. Uh, he does what's called chaos chat. Basically, you can spend channel points that you've accrued by sitting, subscribing to his Twitch channel to impact the game live. It could be as simple as spend 100 points and you blame Chris, uh, or <laughs> all the way up to giving everyone a single point of command damage even. Well, he has this new one, and Tuck had talked about it, where basically the channel spends points, everyone starts to flip cards off the top of their library, and then when they reveal a non-land card, they make a token copy of that card, put all cards revealed this way on the bottom of their owner's library. Uh, did I, this, did uh, I or did I not warn you about this? Did, I told you I told you this was the new thing. That's a nightmare. I, I think it was turn one or turn two, Bevers had a 10-10. Wait, did he get Ghoul Tree again? Yes. No way! Did. That's what he got last time! <laughs> yep, yeah, he, he he got it again. Uh, I want to say Chris ended up getting that four colorless black black vampire. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, they get that many plus one counters. Uh, yes, like, okay. Yeah. Drana or Dranith? Something new, like that. It's new. It's new one, right? Ah, uh, I didn't think so. I thought it was an older one. So I'm pretty sure Mr. Magoo has played it um, okay. in his vampire deck. But anyways, he ended up getting that. I ended up getting a tireless provisioner, which wasn't bad. Um, and I can't remember what Joel ended up getting. But all of this nonsense went on. 
Uh, but Tyler's Provisioner was great, because then every land that came into the battlefield under my control, I'm getting a treasure. Yeah. As we know, Averna, her whole thing is as you cascade, you can uh, put a land from the exiled pile into play, uh, tapped. So it's like, yeah, you put in a land to play tapped, but I'm getting a treasure, so I'm still actually ramping the same amount that I can use right now. So a uh, couple things. First, was able to get Crystal Shard out. Uh, bounced Fierce Empath a couple times. Uh, did that. That was Wait, pretty did, fun. Did you get? Did you also get Fierce Empath off of the chaos thing? No. Okay. Because no. that happened Just, to me twice. I got oh Fierce Empath two times in a row. <laughs> and then here's why I'm actually more excited about Tuck. I got to cycle that flipping turtle two out of four times oh. <laughs> i could have and i could have done it for the third and fourth time but i wanted to do my next play instead but i thought you would like that i do i yes. actually I, I literally cycled the adaro drew a card did some stuff went through again got him again did. cycled again uh it was great and i could have when i say i could have done a third or fourth time when i started bouncing the fierce empath i thought oh. about tutoring just, for tutoring Yadaro, for just to cycle it and do it again uh but i didn't uh i actually ended up tutoring up maelstrom wanderer Very good, i was yes. able to do that three times oh it was absurd casted it the first time uh, bounced it with Crystal Shard, did it again that time. Then off of a Cascade Trigger with one of my other creatures, I ended up getting that really, really cool um, instant that seems kind of weird and counterintuitive, but it can actually do well. Uh, release to the Wind, two colorless blue, instant exile target creature, and then its owner may cast it as long as it's in exile for free. So, that was my just ad, that that was my ad baby, that, it's good. Then on Maelstrom Wanderer, casted it again. Yes. I ended up having like Siroc Dragon Claw, I ended up having a Malamo Morrow Sorcerer, that was like a 15-15. I was ready to crush. Swinging now. Here's the one kicker, though. Joel was at like 68 life. He had been gaining life like crazy. He was playing Reese the Redeemed, of course. He has trust in he. He's making tons of tokens, gaining tons yeah. of ETB toughness life. So I was like, you know what? I think it's better for me actually to do a one v one with him than have to do a two v one against Bevers and Chris. Chris was at like 15. I think Bevers was at 21. Swung at them both. I think Chris had one blocker, Bevers had none. I did a little extra damage for Chris, so if he decided to go ahead and block and kill one of my things, I still had enough. He decides to go ahead and do Shazat's will, doesn't have his commander, or he does have his commander out. He ends up exiling all graveyards and then making that many thralls to the greatest power Right. That was exiled this way. Um, so he ends up getting seven thralls, and I forgot to tell you, he has Carthar Crusade on the board. Oh my god. And it's like, okay, <laughs> I can't let that happen. So I instant speed naturalize the Cathar's Crusade. Nice. The seven thralls go through, and it's like, okay, it's either I've killed him or he's at like one or two. I'm pretty close to there though. But then Bevers, the jerk and the sweetheart that he is, decides to flash in green, green, three colorless creature fog. Prevent all combat damage to be dealt by creatures other than this creature this turn. So he ends up doing that, completely <laughs> fogs me. I die the next turn to carrion feeder. Chris, uh, or, uh, yeah, Chris had a carrion feeder that was like a 25-25. Yeah. Died to that. Um, 
who won? I have no idea. The game went two and a half hours. I was so checked out by the end. I just, I, I couldn't pay attention if I wanted to. <laughs> See? <sighs> oh, God. Yeah, that token, yeah. we were we were chatting before. That token thing needs a, needs some adjustment still, it sounds like. Yes. I like, now, sure. now I do think it brings the most chaos of all the things that he has, but even then, there needs to be a limit to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Oh, and then, of course, uh, it would be I'd be apropos for not mentioning, of course, uh, Sir Brian uh, screwed me over multiple times that game, made me skip my draw step a couple times. But <laughs> screw you. I had a rod eye out. So I still got to play lands off the top. Uh, and then he did uh, where I only it's like I did like a chump block, but then he did one of the sacrifice creatures. So I had to sacrifice a creature tool. Uh, so, yeah. Big tough. Any games you want to talk about? I do. Um, I because we're we've had kind of a gap in forty life and a dash. I didn't get a chance to talk about this, but I have rebuilt my I have rebuilt my mono black deck, which was which was correct Sunny Yogmoth, and I didn't really I couldn't really find the the juice between it, so I rebuilt it into Tashiro deck um, with a lot of help from Tomer's primaries and his stuff or primers and. So I, I've been toying around with it, and it finally went off. I got to cast all the cards that I liked. Um, oh, nice. One of the ones that was the best was I got to hatred someone right out of the game on turn like three, which was great, or turn four. Just headshot him right there. And then there's a card that we've talked about that we like that we don't. I don't have a lot of data called Stunning Reversal, which is three colors and a black. Next time you'd lose the game this turn and said draw seven cards and your life becomes one, exile Stunning Reversal. So someone is swinging in his entire army into me, and I was like, yeah, you know, I don't know if I can do anything about that. And he was like, okay, well, you're dead. And I was like, no, no. Booyah. And then I left all my blockers up so that I could block the next person. And then I drew yeah. into all the cards that I wanted. So I like, it was like, it worked out perfectly. Like, forward control, got the win con. It was really, really fun. And I was, I felt kind of bad because the game went long and I knocked out one person on like turn four. But the game's got, someone's got to lose, right? People sometimes just got to get shot in the head. Yeah, you know what? And I even said that because I think when Bevers did the fog, I think it was at the two hour mark and he and I was just like, oh, I guess I'm dead. And I was <laughs> like, well, you just did to try to kill like half the table. And I was like, yeah, the game's been going on two hours, bro. I'm trying to go to bed. <laughs> oh, God. Right. So, yeah, so that was fun. Well, that wraps up 40 Life at a Dash. Now to cover what's going on in your local multiverse. What's the plane chase? Okay, uh, it's been quite a while since we've discussed this here topic, but we finally are getting back to it with just not too many months left. Uh, we today are talking about one of my favorite bits that we do about red color standards. So for those who don't know, the way that we define our standards, our standards are cards that can go in a healthy amount of decks that run this color, but they don't need it in every single one. Um, in this case, we are talking about mono red staples. Where the card itself is mono red, but it can be run hypothetically in any deck that has red in its color identity. So while we're talking about just mono red cards, we will be discussing about how they look in how they look in potentially two color decks, three color decks, and that sort of thing. But we're really going to be focusing on how they feel in mono red. So while we're looking at the red cards, Mr. Combo, how did you feel about this when you're going through and looking up your recommendations for today? Yeah, so it, it was interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll give you that. 
because um, it was definitely a lot more difficult than uh, mono black staples. Yeah, sure. I think that was the last one that I was on, or standards. So I think you guys did a mono blue standards with Bever. Um, so I wasn't around for that one. This one, surprisingly, not as many standards as I thought. I actually had to dig a little bit and kind of think of what mono red wants to okay. do. So the way that I approach this, mono red is very aggressive. Yes. It's going to either live in the red zone or live off of spell damage. Mm -hmm. Like they're doing damage to you one way or the other. It's just, how do you want your flavor? So that's really kind of how I looked at my standards is how do these cards interact in decks that might want to do either or. And I think I've come up with a few that people have heard of, but I doubt they think of it when sure. it comes to a standard. And I think they should have more consideration. I like it. I'll, all of mine, except for one, have been probably printed in the last five to six years, I think. I don't have that many old recommendations. I do have one, but it's been reprinted a bunch. And I kind of looked at the same way, cards that incentivize attacking along with some ones that just should be played more often, in my opinion, in red. Mm -hmm. um, and a little bit of everything. I, I tried to do like a greasy, slimy, sweaty sort of thing, which is only going to pay out for two cards, I think. Um, but we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. If it doesn't fit, you can't make I, it work. There's one, there's you two, can't just pigeonhole. I got two, I got two of them down, down pat. I got two of them down pat, and then I have a whole right. run of also rands. So uh, I'd say gotcha. we get started. Would you like me to go first? It's up to you. Yeah, let's go with this one. So um, I like Planeswalkers. I don't like them quite as much as you, but I think that there's a pretty big gap in Planeswalkers in red. Um, I think the ones that were older aren't really that great, but I think there's a slew of new ones that are very solid. And in my opinion, I think the one that kind of does everything that red wants to do, this is my... This is my Greasy pick, very easy, straightforward for me. Chandra, Torch of Defiance. This card is really. Oh, I think this card's incredible. So, two colorless, two red for legendary planeswalker Chandra. It comes with four loyalties. It's a mythic rare for about $8, which is much lower than it used to be. This used to be like a $20 or $30 card. So, now a little bit more affordable. So, for me, uh, I think the first two are the really important thing. So, red has the problem of ramping and drawing cards mostly, right? I think this one does very good for both of them. So the number one thing is plus one, exile a top card of your library. You may cast that card. If you don't, Chandra Torch of Defiance deals two to each opponent. So for me, I like that very that variety of even if you hit a land that you can't cast, it's still going to burn people out. A lot of red decks, like and especially if you're thinking about like your Nehab, my Perforos, it's all about dealing that damage out, right? And there's usually like modifiers that go on that. So even if you're not going to use the card this turn, you can still burn people with it. Then its other plus one is add two red, right? So effectively it pays two for itself or half for itself right away sure. and grows off over time. Then after that, it kind of falls off a little bit. So minus three, <laughs> minus three, it deals four damage to target creature, which is really good and constructed and limited, not so hot in commander because a lot of times if you're trying to kill off a commander, then they're gonna be a little bit bigger than that. But if they're running like a utility thing, like your Brina's or like, or even Averna, I think it's like a one, three or two, three or something like that. So. If they're not Averna's playing Voltron, I'm sorry? Averna's a 4-2. It's a 4-2, perfect. Yeah, so I can zap that. So unless they're playing Voltron, you can probably get away with blasting a commander or at least like a mana dork or something like that if you need to. And then minus seven is an emblem. When you get to cast, whenever you cast a spell, it deals five damage to any target. I think that's okay, but mostly I really like it that it gives you the ramp, the damage, and the draw that you're looking for in red all in a very tight package. 
that's hey, what she don't said. sleep on the four damage. Uh, during that Bever stream, I had a uh, Sarkin's unsealing out. Oh, and hell was yeah. able to get like seven or eight triggers off of it. And the really? four damage kills a lot of stuff. Damn, so okay. don't sleep on the four. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look. What I say, this is a mono red standard fringe. It does get you card advantage, which red doesn't do. It does right. ramp, which red doesn't do. Exactly. And it is only four mana, but does it really feel red? Oh, to me, yeah. it doesn't. To me, it really doesn't. It feels like they kind of tried to force in like green and a little bit of blue and a little bit of red. It's it's It has a lot of colors going on in its effects because i mean its second effect is green all the way adding sure. a couple mana to the mana pool uh you can argue that the third one is definitely red all the way sure. through i would actually argue the first one even though exiling off the top is more of a red effect that's a red the red yeah the red or the the blue piece is just card draw card advantage is what blue does or you could even argue the last one from a spell slinger perspective that kind of has sure. a blue feel to it um it's a card that i don't run a lot um i'm shocked to see that apparently uh the comic-con promos 155 dollars uh, holy crap believe it so i better I, find mine it, it's i kind of see where you're going with the i kind of see where you're going with like the fact that it doesn't do all red it just stuff. doesn't feel mono red but that's it's, my thing but I, my counterpoint to that would be like it does every it does everything that red needs desperate help with and it does it oh, very sure. efficiently so that's why for me seems like it's pretty solid that's fair all right well my uh first that is a, an amazing mono red standard it's a card that everyone knows it gets played all the time i'd be shocked if it's not on tux list uh but surprisingly when i think back at my decks that have red they can only run it in a couple decks which is a little shocking because you can pick one up now for a dollar 44 uh chaos warp oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is a card that honestly though i don't think it belongs in every red deck um, I've proven that because I got an all permanent tech and I don't run it in that. <laughs> uh, so Chaos Warp, two colorless red, instant, it's a rare. The owner of target permanent shuffles it into their library, reveals the top. If it's a permanent, they put it onto the battlefield. This is probably the best feel bad card in existence. Your opponent feels bad that you got rid of their permanent, but they feel good because there is a shot that they get to flip something off the top. Yes. Whether it be a land, which kind of sucks, but it's not like your creature's exiled, but it could be even better than what your creature was. It could be, could um, be Blight Steel Colossus. Know. You don't know. Yeah. Could be anything. But I think Chaos Warp definitely has a home in almost all red decks. Yeah. Not all, but close. I agree. Um, this one's bored. I think this is almost it's very close to staple-ish in red just because it's such good removal. Um, I think that where this, to your point, where this kind of falls off, if, if you're running like your blacks and whites of the world that have incredible removal, especially like in a white deck, you, this yeah. probably might be too fringe for that, especially because you have like generous gift, which is just like just wipe stuff out. Um, yeah. But yeah, like Chaos Warp is really good. Probably the most quote unquote efficient removal in red. But again, oh, yeah. if you're running car, if you're running decks that have better ways to deal with permanence, then you don't necessarily need it. Yep. Or if it, or if, or if your deck is all permanence, <laughs> then you can't, <laughs> you then go. you can't deal with it. Okay. okay what's so next one? this one, um, this one is kind of in the middle. Um, I think most people are running this, but for me, it's really, this is also one that kind of fits in between, but, uh, and I tried to really stay away from too many of these effects, which is why I have some other ones later. But the new Valakut Awakening 
is insanely Ooh, yeah. good. So two colorless and a red for an instant. Put any number of cards you from your hand on the bottom of your library, then draw that many cards plus one. And then it also can be Valakut Stormforge, which is just a land that enters a battlefield tapped and gives you a red. So I this for me isn't necessarily... I also agree this doesn't go in a lot in every deck because if you're playing a wheel deck, you really want something that's more of a symmetrical wheel for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. If you're playing if you're playing in blue decks um, or if you have a Wheel of Fortune or whatever varietals around, some people like how those are just more raw into it. But I like the fact, I do like these, these modal-based land cards or what are they called? Dual-faced modal cards? I don't even, whatever. Modal cards that are lands <laughs> and something else. The thing where I think this... This one, I think, is one of the few out of there that is one of the hardest things to play as a mountain, especially if you're playing mono red because the card draw is so good. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, like, it kind of goes against the spirit, if not the design, of the dual-faced lands of being like, I've, there's times where I have had this card and intentionally waited to draw another land too late because I was too greedy with playing it, you know? <laughs> Uh, I do not have that issue because I actually played this as my turn one land yesterday with. Averna. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I had it was well. It was this a force and an ornithopter of paradise, and I had already oh. mulliganed once, and I was like, you know what? I just got to take it. Take yeah, my blessings yeah, yeah, yeah. As I have That's them. a good. Yeah, that's good. That's a good opener. <laughs> but but no, I would say this this definitely feels like mono red standard. Like it's not so much card draw; it's more card filtering. Yeah. But sometimes you do just get stuck with nothing. Mm-hmm. Or it's just like, e- even yesterday, I had that cycling enchantment uh, for the lands, and I had like three, four lands in hand. I think I would have rather, instead of paying a red to cycle and draw, I think I'd rather pay three, put them on the bottom. Let's see what I get off the top, because it might be a, in my case, a cascade card that I could eventually get to one of those lands that I just yep. pitched away. Uh, so this has a lot of versatility. And I mean, if you have to play it as a land, you have to play it as a land. Oh, well. It's the most expensive tapped mountain that you can get. <laughs> All right. What is your second? I, ooh, ooh. I don't know about that. Uh, a Guru Mountain is probably cost more. Guru Mountain costs more. Shadow Skull, the other modal face card, probably costs more than this too. But yes, that's the second one that came to mind for me. Mr. Combo, what is your next pick? Well, it's your favorite red card that costs one mana. Um, I don't think it's Lightable. a standard or staple. No. Oh, shock. I don't think it's I'm sta- sorry. I don't think it's a staple, um, and the reason is is because of the risk of the card going to the graveyard, and not everyone wants that. Talk about your boy Gamble. Oh, oh yeah, single yes. red sorcery. And you, hey, I just thought of it. You better not have Tibble on this list. That is not a mono no, red standard. No, that's I no. That's that's okay. Even though it's the best red planeswalker ever made, that's too much of a meme at this point for me to even try to argue it. I mean, don't worry, Alter the Brute will be on our colorless standards for sure. sure. Uh, But Gamble, one red, sorcery, uh, search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then discard a card at random, then shuffle. Uh, Cheapest copy, you can get $16 from Eternal Masters. Um, So yeah, I mean, I've pretty much stated the big negative. (laughs) It's the discard a card. And Mono Red traditionally is not playing graveyard matters so you either right. have to do this when you have a full grip seven to reduce your odds uh or you have some sort of graveyard recursion so that's why i don't think this card actually belongs in every red deck but i would say most red decks would probably benefit yeah. from a gamble because red does lack going and getting things out of the library and sometimes you just need an answer it's not like you're mm-hmm. trying to combo you just need a board wipe because someone went bananas so how many times have you cast this? I 
So I don't think there's been a single time where I didn't turn one gamble when I had it in hand. I feel I've like I've never done that. Turn one I think I've done that every never. for the exact reason that like you said. Like that's the time where you're likely going to have the highest percentage of pitching what you don't want um, out of your hand. So I think every time I've seen this, I've done it on turn one. If I didn't have like a soul ring or anything else. Literally, whenever I play this in my Nihap deck, I always go and get Kozilek in case I pitch it and oh, get shuffled back <laughs> in. Shuffle back in. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Okay. Well, what's your next one? All right. So this is this is the my original sweaty one because we I have seen this card do good work. There has been people in our previous play groups who now live in California that swears by this card. I'm pretty sure you have at least one copy of it, but this some would argue who are insane is one of the better mono red ramp spells curse of opulence it's, oh. it's sweaty but i think it works so one red for an enchantment or a curse enchant player whenever enchanted player is attacked create a gold token each opponent attacking that player does the same and a gold is the same thing as a treasure but you don't have to sacrifice it so every time, and this is a the Mikhail special, I think he runs this in every deck that he has. And yep. you just like, I have never seen this card not work. Like it always, people get greedy, people yep. don't see through it, and then it just ramps you like wild. I think once people see what this card does, they kind of get wise to it. And they're like, oh no, mm -hmm. this is like so much better for him, especially like early game. But that risk and the reward to it, is like it's the floor to the ceiling right like we talked about like i've seen people win off this card i've seen this card do nothing i'm gonna give you a crazy scenario you let me know if Ooh. i'm too out on a limb okay i'm here for it what if you draw the card at a point in the game where you're clearly a threat what if you just put it on yourself people are going to be swinging at you anyways oh, sure and it's like i mean yeah i'm the threat you gotta hit me but i'm gonna get gold off of it i'm gonna ramp. I like it. And what I've you, seen what do you think of that? I like that a lot, actually, because I've seen people do that with um the curse of the shallow graves or whatever that like give you a zombie whenever you're attacked. Oh yeah. And they'll put it on themselves and be like, okay, great, you get a zombie, but I get one as well. And then I'll be able to build up my army faster than other people will, assuming they attack me every turn. So I yeah. think that is probably the better late game play for this, right? Be like, <laughs> yeah, all right. Because I was definitely thinking like mono red, like we talked about, it's either you're living in the red zone through combat or through spell slinging. Right. And eventually people start ganging up on the mono red player because it's like, well, they only have so much that they can do. You know, they can't take all three of us on. And it's like, well, if every rotation I'm netting three gold versus maybe one gold and then two other people hit me. I would rather that, and then I can also start to kill off your stuff. But what I'm actually more hoping is that people are like, well, we can't attack him. We oh. can't give him a gold. Even though I get a gold, I cannot let him get a gold. And he has a 7-7 seven, seven that would right. kill my thing. He is not the prosperous attacker, other than if I want to just lose a creature and get a gold and give them a gold. Um, I don't so know. I, it's some like next level brain stuff. But I think you're OK. So I think I'm actually I've had Perforos in the bottom of my backpack to play on MTG nights. But I know I know people are going to get pissed off here because it's way too fast and way too arch enemy. But I was thinking, like, if you were running that turn one curse of opulence on myself knowing that people are going to suss me out isn't that just the play 
To your point. But, but the thing is, though, I think turn one, it's going to be, I mean, I guess if Perforos and people just hate you, yeah. yes. But I would actually argue turn one to three, unless you have a crazy ramp, you always put it on another opponent because people won't have defenses. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm just yeah. going to ding them. I'm going to get a gold. I get it. Tuck gets one, whatever. I don't need, I don't need, like, the, man, I don't need the mana from my Land of War Elves, so I might as well get a gold yeah. for next turn, right? Yeah. But if you think about it, if it's like turn eight or nine and you have Perforos and Impact Trimmers and it's mm -hmm. like, you're about you. Everyone knew, knows that you have Krenko in hand. They're going to start swinging everything at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Why not benefit the gold from it? Opposed to like throwing it on an opponent who may only get attacked once. I like it. I like that a lot, man. Ooh. Well, we'll, well, hopefully <laughs> well, we'll test it tonight. Since you went from greasy to sweaty, I don't do these like Tuck does. Obviously, he does not uh, commit to the I, bit. I, I will say my, my, Next two cards, I would say, I guess, are sweaty because it's a bit of a stretch, but I do think it fits very well for mono red. So the first one, I think this is one that if you're living in the red zone, you have to be playing this. So I would say over, I don't know, mono red, I'd say 80% of them are red zone decks. Uh-huh. Urabrask the Hidden. Um, oh, I don't God, know why yeah. this, this is a standard for mono red. Three colorless red red legendary creature Praetor Mythic 4-4. Four, four. Cheapest is 640. Uh, it's funny enough, that's a secret layer drop in the Phyrexian text. Yeah. Uh, creatures you control have haste. Creatures your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. I mean, this literally does so on a card everything that red wants. Once again, though, I would categorize this as sweaty because if you are doing Spell Slinger or maybe you're doing more defenses up and then you want to hit once, this may, it, it kind of has some yeah. um, good effects with the opponent's tapped piece. But the creatures you control have haste may just be eh. So mm. I, but I think most mono red decks probably like both of these a lot. Yeah, I would, I'm thinking through mine and it's like, I only have one copy of this, but I did order the secret layer that's coming with it. So nice should put it in. Yeah. And if four, four is fine enough, right? Like it could yeah. get through the damage. Why not? Right. For the, Chandra could kill it. There you go. Yeah. It's dead to Chandra. The best card on the list. <laughs> All right, Tuck. What's your All next right. one? So I have, I have, I, these ones I can go through a little faster. One of them I think that is very good. This one's pretty greasy in my opinion. Mana Geyser. It's just such a mm. bonkers mana ramp in pretty much any deck that you can put it in. Three colorless, double red for a sorcery. Add one red mana for each tapped land your opponents control. It can get, I can go off so fast, right? The only yeah. thing I, and it can skyrocket you. The only reason why it, for me, it's more of a staple is like, there's a lot of cards. There's a lot of games where you like the issue isn't the mana. It's running out of cards too fast. Right. So mm -hmm. in those sort of decks like Perforos, going back to that, for that example, the extra mana, a lot of times won't give me anything like I don't need. Mm -hmm. I don't need more mana to do stuff. I just need more stuff to do. Right. Sure. So it's yeah. a really efficient. It's a really efficient ramp spell, but not for every single red deck out there. Yeah, I would say this is probably going to be more of an is it standard than sure. a mono red standard because is it definitely, definitely does more of it, the yeah. spell swinger. Um, and so they're going to have, you know, oh, yeah, I got 10 off of this blue sun zenith and, you know, right. whatever or, else. Or rift or whatever, right? Yeah. But this is a card that I had never played before I got the uh, new is it precon from Strixhaven. And the card does do work. I'm going to stop you right there. Ways 
Prismari precon, please. The is it precon <laughs> from Strixhaven, uh, and this card does work when you have something to put all that mana into, like right. most cards. I mean, that's a pretty generic statement, but it's one that you need to think about if you're going to put this in your mono red deck. Like, do I have an X spell? Do I have something that if I have this, no cards in hand, it's not dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. I dig it. All right, what's all your right. next one? Ooh, so another, this one another greasy is, one or another sweaty yes. one. Uh, so this one is going to be kind of what I would call tied with Urobrosk. Um, I could see it working in a lot of decks, but at the same time, I don't know. Um, I guess you have to be getting hit a lot, which tends to happen in Mono Red. Right. I think Kazool Tyrant of the Cliffs is one oh. of these fringe standards. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. Three colorless, red, red. You can get one for about $4. Legendary creature, Ogre Warrior. It's a 5-4 rare. Whenever a creature and opponent controls attacks, if you're the defending player, make a 3-3 red Ogre creature token unless that creature's controller pays three. This is basically Ghostly Prison Creature Edition, but instead of you can't attack me if you don't pay, I'm going to get a 3-3 if you don't yeah. pay. Um, and I think in Mono Red, you're always getting swung at. Uh, it does it, it does say whatever a creature, so I do mm -hmm. believe it stacks for every creature. Oh, yeah. Your Reese player swinging at you with 21 one elves. I'm going to get 23-3 red ogres yeah. unless you pay 60 mana. Uh, so I, I think this is a card that should probably see more play than it does, and I think it deserves to be a red standard. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Every time i played this, it's been game warping to your point, right? But it does die to Chandra Torture Defiance. <laughs> Is that, is that the new lightning dice? That's the new lightning bolt. bolt. Yes, that's the new dice standard. Dice to Chandra, Torch of Dice to Chandra. <sighs> uh, All right, well, what's your next one? So this one's insane. And we did actually talk about it earlier. But so is more, this slimy technically? No, this is dripping. <laughs> dripping with sweat. And I, it's funny because I thought that you were going to talk about this one. Uh, I think you kind of sold me on Yadara Wandering Monster. Like, I think this yes! card is actually shockingly good. Um, oh, yes. I, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a, it's insane, but it's a five colorless red red for Trample Haste, 8-8, uh, eight, eight, which is good for the race. It's Legendary Creature Dinosaur Turtle, and it's got Cycling 1 and a, and a red, and then it says when you cycle it, shuffle it into your library from your graveyard. If you cycle the card named Yadaro four or more times this game, put it on the battlefield before uh, from your graveyard instead. So it does it does shuffle in and then you draw, so you get a free shuffle effect as well before you cycle out. Yep. So the thing that I like about this is if you look at a lot of the red draw, it's like ditch one, draw two, right? Like sure. you're you're at a card disparity, which is fine if you have the cards to ditch, but there's been times where I've drill, driven or drawn like the Tormenting Voices or, oh, the, yeah. or the, the new one, Thrill of Possibilities, and I draw it and it's like, well, I don't want to pitch this one. Like, I don't want to pitch this land because then I have nothing, right? So Ver verbatim happened to me multiple times during the stream last night whenever the chat would be like rummage it's like i don't really want to i don't want to draw a card and pitch because like i kind of need my you stuff need it, right. so then you start playing this mind game of like what could i pitch to make them think i lost something good but that everything else in my hand isn't good um so yeah. I, I see where you're going at with this so again it's a it's a it's a wide out angle but again it pretty much just says two mana draw a card with no with very little drawback right I mean, the chances of you no actually drawback. seeing this, yeah. Oh, fair point. Yeah. Like, the chance of you actually seeing this happen is pretty minimal, unless you like force it, like we were talking about. 
But the and, and then worst case, if you draw it and you don't want to cycle, great. You have a seven drop, eight, eight trample and haste, right? Like, yep. like you talked about going in the red zone, having damage doublers, all that stuff that starts to stack up pretty quick and gets and can be pretty threatening in and of itself. I mean, I don't know if we've ever been like eight, eight trample haste. Not a big deal. Correct. So. Yeah, totally agree. So you kind of <laughs> I'm not 100 percent sure, but you kind of you're, you're starting to sell me on it. I'm telling you, man, for a quarter. Yeah. A quarter. <laughs> it's well worth, oh, it's well worth the risk of having one. All right. Uh, so my next two, I would consider, I guess, slimy if I'm gun to my head or okay. Chandra Torch and Defiance for damage to yeah, the exactly. head. The new gun. So this is a card, obviously, from that trash set. Um, oh. It's not very good. And this is one that gets you a little bit of card advantage. You're living in the red zone. It's very cheap to get out. You can spend manas, though, or mana of any kind. Uh, it's basically the Gaunti of red. We're talking about Robber of the Rich. Ooh, oh, sure. So, colorless red, creature, human, archer, rogue. It's a mythic. It's a 2-2. It has reach and haste. Whenever Robber of the Rich attacks, if defending player has more cards in hand than you, exile the top card of their library. During any turn you attack with a rogue, you may cast that card, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast this spell. Uh, you can get one for $6. Yeah. So... The few points that I would make on this is it's two mana, very easy to get down turn two um, yep. in red because it's usually land, go, land, go. So that's great. It has haste early in the game. Other people might have done some draw. Uh, maybe you've had to spend a lot of resources because red doesn't so much replenish. It more spins. So, you know, maybe you have less cards, but you have three opponents. And I do get it. The attack with a rogue clause isn't the best. Yeah, sure. But you could say that with Birds of Paradise, it just taps for a mana. It doesn't right. allow other things to tap for mana. Sometimes it's just like you have a card in the deck because that one card does this one thing. And I think uh, getting rid of card advantage from your opponents, huge. Uh, you're exiling their uh, top card of their library. No way to get it back. And then if you can, you can cast it at right. any point in the game that you've attacked with Robert the Rich. And this... I think this has the same argument kind of to Yodaro where for two, it's effectively, like we said, it's a two mana draw card, right? Yep. In a weird form, because it, I also like how it's specific to just attacks, right? It doesn't have to yep. deal combat damage. So if you just have to be like, well, okay, I just saw this person top, so they're probably good. Or this person just tutored and I know what mm -hmm. they're waiting for or whatever. You can just pay two mana and get that out of there. So yeah, it's, it's a little, it's definitely great. It's definitely on the slimy scale, but I think it's an mm -hmm. interesting inclusion for two mana. All right. So guys, you basically heard Tuck just say if they talk or toot, he's going to attack you. <laughs> it's coming in. That, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. So Tuck, what's your last All right, one? Last one. This is extremely sweaty and I'm really interested to hear what your thoughts on. Cause I think you were keen on this one, but I'm not sure if you still are. I think Burgie God of Storytelling is a very interesting card for mono red standards. So it's two-sided. So the front side mm. is two colorless and a red for a 3-3 three, three legendary creature god. Whenever you cast... Well, okay, first off, it says creatures you control can boast twice during each of your turns rather than once. Might as well be blank, Might as well be blank on this card. Whenever you cast a spell, add red. Until end of turn, you don't lose this mana as steps and phases end. Mm. And then when you can flip it for the other side, which is heartfill form a bounty. Horn a bounty. Excuse me. 
Four colorless and a red for a legendary artifact. Discard a card, exile the top two cards of your library, and you may play those cards this turn. So the way I look at this, it's 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 a weird one, right? But the way I look at this is that if you if it's early game, you can play the Burgi, which kind of makes all your red spells cost one less in like a weird form, right? It's like another copy sure. of Fire Medallion or whatever it is, right? Ruby Medallion. But then if it's late game and you're still kind of like trying to dig for something in your hand, um, or if you have some shit in your hand, like we were just talking about, that you just wheel away, right? You can play it for the backside and then start trying to just dig through your deck trying to find the answers that you want. Once it's down, you can discard a card as much as you want, right? So if you have two lands, you can turn those into four more cards, right? Um, to cast and that sort of thing. So again, I don't think it's the most efficient way of doing this, but there, I think there's an argument to be made that this could, should be played in more decks than it actually is. But it is dripping with sweat, much like the person is standing in front of that fireplace. Uh, I'm going to have to disagree with everything that you, you said. You don't like any of it? <laughs> I don't like any of it. Right. Uh, so, so here's the thing. Um, initially, I was like, okay, maybe he he's on to something with the Hornfell side of it. Sure. But five mana is a lot, and you only get to play them this turn. It'd be different if it, even if it said exile the top two cards of your library. You may play those cards this turn. At the end of your turn, uh, they Put go to your, your graveyard. graveyard. Yeah. Yeah, that would even be a little bit better. Um, it's just. I think where you have to figure out with red is how do you limit its downsides with card draw? Mm, sure. It's Do downside in it. card draw is it's usually exile. Mm -hmm. So let's figure out ways to draw cards and avoid the exile staying clause. in exile as much as possible. So five mana for that, I'm not a fan of. The boasting might as well be blank yeah. uh, because she doesn't even have boast. At least right. the robber of the rich is a rogue and it triggers itself. It does itself. It would be different. It'd it, be different if that was like a god and it said whatever rogues attack. It's like, well, you don't ever get the card advantage unless you're yeah, playing. Right. Unless you're playing. Uh, unless you happen to play, be playing robber of the rich. <laughs> yes. And so uh, the boasting thing might as well be blank. Sure. And so now it's just like, are we putting a card in our deck for three mana, three, three? that just when you cast spells, you get a red. Um, and I I don't know if that's good enough. I would almost say it'd be better to just run a Ruby Medallion and just have your red spells cost one sure. less. But you can run them both, so, right? Like, it's just another four. It's like another worse form of the ramp package that you could put into it. Yeah, but then, but see, that's just that slippery slope. If you could continually make that argument, oh, yeah. like, well, you could just have that too. Well, you just have that too. Hey, you know what? Why not? Uh, you can just throw Manolith in there. Why not? It's a Mana Rock. <laughs> It's just, it's just another copy of a mountain. But it can't attack. It can't attack. This one can at least. <laughs> talking about that damage dealer. You're just talking about that. Plus, okay, okay, also, just off the top of your head, guess how much Ruby Medallion is now? Take a guess. Uh, eight, 18 bucks? 28. Insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Okay, so Mr. Combo, <laughs> right. you got one more one. You got that devilish grin on, you got that devilish grin on your face. It's better than this last one. Tibble. It's better than the last one. Tibble's trickery. Uh, I, was, I was extremely hot on it when it first got previewed and spoiled. I told all of my friends that build mana bases on a budget, buy this card up. You can get them for 50 cents. I think Blood Sun is a mono red standard. Blood Sun is really good. Yeah. Uh, two colorless red enchantment. It ETBs draw a card. So three mana draw a card. We've been talking about two mana draw a card all yep. freaking episode. So you got that. All lands lose all abilities except mana abilities. Traditionally, decks that are, let's call it heavy in the red theme, um, because obviously we're talking about just monocolored red card standards, but you could throw this in any other colored decks you want, like whatever. Um, so 
I think if you're leaning into the red theme where it's not so much trickery with lands, we're more doing it with artifacts. I'm having attack triggers that kind of get me the things. I think Blood Sun's an amazing card, and that's why it's not a staple, because there are going to be decks that have red in it that need those utility lands. Sure, yeah. But I would say, for the most part, if you guys look at your red decks, your utility lands are Terramorphic Expanse, Ish. Command Tower, <laughs> yeah, which that doesn't even get impacted. Um, I guess all your fetch lands don't work. And Gaius Cradle, uh, I guess that's a mana ability. Um, there's that one land that pulls artifacts out. There's a, a Hall of Helios Generosity. Sure, yeah. Uh, that's another one. Uh, so there's Academy Ruins, the blue one that, that, that gets you artifacts. Yeah. And oh wait, I was just naming all cards that have nothing to do with red. Those are just the people you're going to f and right. that's why Blood Sun works better. So, and I even have, I, I think there's an even, there's another tech with this that I like. If you're building like a three or four, if you're building a three or four color deck on a budget. Oh, dude, Bounce Lands? Yeah, awesome. Bounce Lands, um, the enters the any, anything that says enter the battlefield tapped, all those are now good to go. So I do, yeah. I agree with you. Like for 50 cents, I think this, this, Especially in a in a deck like um, uh, like Wind Grace is not a great example, but something where they're dependent on their lands having like abilities going. A better example mm. would be like an artifact deck, like you said, posing well, them I mean, and Wind, keeping yours off. Wind Grace works because I run like twelve uh, fetch lands in there, so that completely shuts oh, off. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. oh yeah, to your point, because like the landfall decks want the fetch lands to bring them back over and over and over again, right? So that is a yeah. good example. Yeah. So yeah. fifty cents. Yeah, this card's sweet. I have a copy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit it, but that's, that's our red standards. Um, definitely not as straightforward as definitely a lot more of a healthy argument in a lot of these than the other ones. So we'll see what sort of, what sort of muck we can scrape green. from our shoes. I don't even want to do that, man. I don't even want to yeah, do that. We're going to do it. Ugh. What do you mean? It's basically, they're all going to be green colored cards, but it'll be like, oh, that's a black card. That's a blue oh, yeah, card. Yeah, that's yeah. a white there's card. Your draw, there's your draw spell. There's your <laughs> removal. There's everything else. Yeah, exactly. Right, so, okay. Well, that wraps up. What's the plane chase? Now, in that last segment, Squee dives into those creative juices with the Weatherland. <laughs> oh, you guys thought Squee McGee didn't pay his internet bill? You'd be wrong. I cut the series of tubes that he uses to communicate with said cast. So Mr. Combo is going to be taking over All the Weatherlight right. Report today. And boys and girls, do I have some fun tech for you? All right, I'm here for so it. So the card we're going to talk about, I actually think was featured on a Weatherlight Report in the past. I do not remember because, uh, well, we've only recently kept track of those things. And so I wanted to give it my spin because this was actually a legend that I wanted to do for an upcoming bruise and build for a chaos draft. It got outvoted, which is fine. So today we're gonna be brewing draw new Lich Lord. Oh, sure. So three colorless Demir, that's a blue and a black. It's a legendary creature, zombie wizard. If damage would be dealt to draw new Lich Lord, sacrifice that many permanents instead. Tap, target instant or sorcery card in your graveyard, gains flashback until end of turn. The flashback cost is equal to its mana cost. You can get the card for 20 cents, and I believe it's only in 160-ish uh, decks as wow. a legendary creature. So, 
what I'm thinking of from a general kind of build that I'm gonna give you guys. I do the weather light a little bit different than Squee. I'm gonna give you four or five cards that are going to directly connect to what this strategy should be, but give you a lot of freedom to try to figure out which way you wanna go. So the first thing that I recognize on Draw New is we gotta figure out a way to prevent damage to them, so you don't mm -hmm. have to sacrifice permanents. Um, another kind of cool tech is I think it'd be fun to give Draw New to your opponents. Oh. Ping them and then make them sacrifice permanence. Okay. I think All that right. could be okay. a lot of fun. And then there is the incident sorcery piece, but I really think in a draw new Lich Lord deck, the tap is actually more it's fine. Like if if I could if I could do some utility, I will. But I think more of the tech's gonna be you'll probably have some sort of zombie sub theme, because sure. it is a zombie, or you could go the wizard route. I don't know how much wizard supports in Demir. Wizard Harry, um, but that's okay. I hate you, uh, but I think I think there's something here with the damage would be dealt to sacrifice that many permanents and not so much you sacking and just trying to figure out how to make your opponent sack. So Tuck, okay. on its surface, what do you think of Draw New? Um, I think that this has traditionally been a commander that people have like tried to break, right? Um, and try to figure it out. It was recently done on the adult programming at Star City Games. I no no no. I'm sorry. The also adult programming at MTG Goldfish, and the person never cast it. It was Tomer's deck, and he literally never cast it once because he knew he had no protection for it. Um, I do agree with you. I think that the tap ability, I, I never, I, I've never like because I think that's what people play it for, and they're like, oh, I'm gonna be flashing stuff back, but it's once a turn, sure. right? And it doesn't yeah. get discounted. So I've that's when the that's been my counter argument when people talk about building it. It's like. It's so much risk for very potential little reward, right? And I literally, I looked up all the combos that people do with Draw New, and it's all just generic Demir. It actually has yeah. nothing to do with the commander. So it's like Isocon Scepter, a dramatic reversal, oh, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, that literally has nothing to do with Draw New. You could just do that in any deck that runs blue. And the commander's just like a way to facilitate that happening, right? So in case I dramatic guess. reversal gets countered, they can play him and bring it back or something? Yeah, but then you only get to do it once because right, it gets yeah. exiled. You don't have a way to put it on Isochron Scepter. So I guess it's like maybe it's a way to use him to bring back your combo pieces from the graveyard using other pieces that pull from the grave. I but don't it, know. But it's but like somebody going loops. that route. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm not going that route. First card we're going to talk about is actually an equipment, and it's our personal friend, the Goat's favorite equipment. Guess that card. Bloodthirsty Blade. Assault Suit. Oh, shit. Four colorless <laughs> yeah. artifact equipment, is, uncommon. Equip for three. Equip creature gets plus two, plus two. Has haste. Can't attack you or a planeswalker you control, and it cannot be sacrificed. So draw new can no longer be sacrificed. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, you may have that player gain control of equipped creature until end of turn. If you do, untap it. And you can get this card for about 44 cents. So the sure. thought is that you equip Draw New with this, someone else gains control of Draw New, and they'll probably want to swing, hopefully, to hit yeah. someone. But if they don't, you, you put in things like Pestilence. I'm going to ping you a couple right, times. Right, 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 right. And the cool tech with it is that they can't sacrifice Droll New, because that's what Assault Suit says, but they also cannot sacrifice Assault Suit because you're still the controller of Assault Suit. Ah, sure. They did not gain control of Assault Suit. They just gained control of the equipped creature. So they can't even sacrifice Assault Suit. So now you just have this free thing. Each of your opponents, because you get to choose if they gain control of it. Right. Hey, I'm going to Pestilence you four, three, four times, sacrifice three, four permanents. One rotation, you can make someone get rid of 12 
self permanence. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, the big thing with the salt suit that I found out recently is it does have that may clause, which I think is huge, right? Which I think a lot of people when they play it, they just assume it's getting passed around. But to your point, you if you know to. that they, if they have some sort of gimmick or some way to unattach the equipment, you don't have to give it to anyone. You can always bring it on back. So no, I like it. I, I like where this is heading. All right, next card. You need to have ways to get rid of Drolnu if he's about to take damage on your side. That's the big risk with him. So having ways to sacrifice, but still get a little bit of value is where I'm at. And this is a card that Tuck was real hot on at a jump start. Now it's only 50 cents. We're talking about Kel's Fight Fixer. So two colorless, black, black, hot on legendary that. creature, Azra Warlock. Menace, Damn whenever <laughs> you sacrifice a creature, yeah, I know. Uh, you may pay a, a hybrid Demir if you do draw a card. It's a 4-3, but the reason I like it is a colorless sack a creature, so you can sacrifice and draw new. Kells Fight Fixer gains indestructible till end of turn. It's a way to protect yeah. Kells. It's a way to uh, protect your board. And as long as you have just one additional mana open on top of what you need to sacrifice, you get to draw a card. So it gets you a little bit of value. Or whenever draw new does get hit and I have to sacrifice four permanents and you have four right. tokens, spend some mana, sack them, let's draw some cards. Uh, big fan of that. I'm here for it. And um, also, I was going to say, I like. I also like that card as the backup commander as well, right? In a weird sense, because you can kind of buff it up. You can give it assault suit and then start bashing people into it. So I like it. I, I am really upset that this card is fifty cents. Uh, I should have sold it when it was like ten, but here we are. So big fan, <laughs> right. big fan. I'm putting it in the deck. <laughs> next one, next one. Uh, this is our beautiful Liliana Planeswalker, but of she decided to get a makeover and call herself something different. So this is now Professor Onyx. Oh. I think this is great for a draw new deck. Four colorless yep. black black comes in with five loyalty, does have magecraft as a static effect. So whenever you cast or copy an instant sorcery, each opponent loses two and you gain two. Well, a part of the build is going to be playing instant and sorceries, so you get a little bit of natural attrition with it and i'm gonna read the effects that i think do not matter and then i'll read the one that i think is real important so this has three activated abilities one's minus three loyalty each opponent sacrifices a creature with the greatest power among creatures that player controls yeah it's it's fine sure. like board removal yeah right uh minus eight each opponent may discard a card if they don't they lose three life repeat this process six more times i mean that's once again it's fine yeah i think the plus effect is actually where it fits in well with droll new lose a life Look at the top three of your library, put one into hand and the rest into the graveyard. Oh, sure. So now you can kind of figure out, because I imagine Drollnew being built similar to Tuck, how I built my uh, Gisa and Garolf deck, to where you want to have a lot of zombies in that deck, but you can't have all zombies. You need to have some enchantments. Some, There's some other utility yeah, creatures. Right. Yeah. And when I play Gisa and Garolf, how many times have you seen me get really depressed because I milled four cards and not a single one's a zombie? I would almost so say cool. every single time you played the deck, <laughs> yeah. at least once. So at least this plus one with Droll New, you get to look at them right. and choose a card to put into hand, and then the other two go into the graveyard. So even if it is land, instant sorcery, creature, it's like, or assault suit even, it's like, okay, well, I'll keep right. the assault suit and I'll bend these other two uh, because you know what? I can just get that instant sorcery back. Yeah, I like it. And I think the big part, if, it, if this didn't have Magecraft, I'd be like, it's you're you're kind of asking a lot out of one thing, but the fact, like you said, you are it's in blue and black. You're going to be casting your murders, your brainstorms, your heroic downfalls, all that stuff, right? I can see this being like kind of a control build. So getting that incidental life 
And you can, if you really want to be a scumbag, you can always put in the infinite combo with like whatever oh. the smog crap. And then that's the card that you discard. Yeah, who cares, right? But uh, so yes, good good addition. I think Professor Onyx is a really good card in general. So let's bring on the Burrows. There we go. All right. Uh, we only got two more cards left. Uh, this next one. This is one that I believe graveyards are going to be large because of as long as you're doing it the the way that i'm talking about it, yeah. you're passing it around you're making people uh sacrifice permanents which go to the graveyard uh so this card you can get for two dollars or spend 19 for the they say it's a secret layer drop but i think it's actually the non-japanese uh mystical archive oh, art. sure uh drown in the lock i think is oh, a very good card. god yes this card's insane uh, this this is so straight, good. straight Demir, instant uncommon from Throne of Eldraine, uh, trash, trash set. Uh, <laughs> choose again. one. Counter target spell with CMC less than or equal to the number of cards in its controller's oh, graveyard. Destroy target creature with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of cards in its controller's graveyard. So, two mana counter spell it's something that you can flash back with your commander so you can have like extra protection right it's ways that oh if someone did some trickery with maybe the assault suit in your commander oh i'm gonna blow up the blocker so that way my commander doesn't take damage I, therefore i don't have to sacrifice permanence you know whatever whatever it yeah, is yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you do have the counter spell at a bare minimum early game this card's not going to be good but i think this is probably one of the better non straight counter spells out there at its mana cost for the mid to late game. I, I completely agree with you. And I think this is also a great draw new target. If you need it right late game, if you have them out and you just, you're waiting to get you build up your graveyard and you have this, the modality in this card, as we've talked about so often is so strong and I wouldn't sleep on this card early, right? Because if someone's playing, if someone fetches and then they play a soul ring, right? Or they tutor and they go tutor an artifact early game, being able to zap those like highly impactful or smothering tithe on turn four, right? If they'd mm. fetched and done a few things, I think this card's just like insanely good in general, um, which explains its $2 price point. Also, I just want to bring this up as well. We really need to start looking and see how many episodes we reference Throne of Eldraine. Because I, <laughs> I swear it's literally probably every week. Every episode. Yeah. I think it's probably every episode, right? Like, I know for a fact you referenced it with Questing Beast last week. So they're, like, off the top of my head. So, Tuck, you know what's going to happen? It's going to be, like, 15 years from now. We're going to be putting out episode whatever. And we're going to mention Throne of Eldraine. And we're going to have some, like, millennia or some Gen Zer come in and be like, what's Throne of Eldraine? Yeah, what's like, oh, it's, it's this ancient set from back in, like, yeah. pre-modern that, days. That we, that, we correct, yeah, this, that we correctly predicted would have no state power or value whatsoever. All right. Well, the last card is one that Tuck is very familiar with. I believe you talked about it last week. Um, it's it's a modal card. The other side comes in as a tapped uh, swamp. But I think Malakir Rebirth is oh, the last it's... piece to really make this drawn loo deck work well. Single black instant. Choose target creature. Lose two life until end of turn. That creature gains when it dies. Return to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. Yes, we kind of had the argument of, oh, you could kind of like do some like rigmarole shenanigans or whatever yeah i think this is purely used for uh, i did not have a way to prevent damage to draw new he took two i'm gonna have to sacrifice two permanents i only have a land and draw new because i had to sacrifice stuff earlier swamp 
Malakir yep. Rebirth. I at least get to keep my commander yep. for one more time around. And it is an instant, and it's an instant as the face up card. So in the graveyard, it is one that you can get back with flashback. Uh, we might talk about this. I think Malakir Rebirth is a staple in almost any black deck that has it if it cares about creatures. Wow. It's a because it's a it's a land that also has this insanely impactful ability. So yes, yeah. like and I that is so what a nightmare situation if that's what it was, right? Draw through in a land. Um, the other thing, the other thing I was gonna talk about was if there's some way, and I don't have enough time because I originally I was gonna say I think phasing in this deck might be like a cool like sub theme so that if draw new gets targeted mm. or if there's a board wipe a blasphemous axe you can at least phase them out and bring them back in um i kind of looked at it originally i was going to say teferi master of time would be awesome but it's only target creature you don't control which i think is hysterical because how many times how many other times would you need that to say any creature so i think that might be like an i if there's the cards to support it that might be like an interesting sub sub theme as well yeah, I think the challenge there, though, Tuck, is you'd have to have ways to phase out your board because you're still going to have the trigger. Like, if he's taking the damage and his trigger's on the stack and you phase him, um, you're, you're still going to have to sacrifice the permanence because his effect's still there. Right. So that, that'd be the only negative to it. Like now, if it out, was something... Yeah. Yeah, if you could instant speed phase out, I guess you could do that like before he takes damage. Oh, you're right. about to hit him for a lightning bolt. Let me phase him real quick. Exactly. Um, so that that could be a cool thing. So there you guys go. Uh, Draw new Lich Lord uh, filling in for Squee McGee, Mr. Combo number five here. Uh, hope you guys liked it. I thought this is a very interesting commander. Uh, Draw new has kind of been like my Silencia dark angel where i've thought about it it's for been, years it's been I, on the back i'd, I'd like i'd like to do it but it's it's such a weird effect i haven't figured it out yet uh but i got there with silencia so maybe i'll get there with this guy there you go well we're gonna kick it back to the action for news desk to myself and which Big is Tuck. you <laughs> yes i'm gonna kick it back to myself question mark thank you for staying with us and as always remember the great giveaways from cmd tower and retweet Subscribe, follow, like, share, and hey, place orders at cmdtower.com slash merch. Another way to support your new team is head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We do have reward tiers for all the budgets so that you, the collective, can contribute. You can stay in touch with your MTG Action for News team by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and our website, cmdtower.com. You can communicate directly with the team at cmdtower, at Mr. Comet number 5, all spelled out except for the 5, at Dear Swee, at Big Tuck Tweeting from your MTG Action 4 News team. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good drawing.